That's not the kind of continuation I'm talking about. No, you're going to continue it. God said it. Since I believe it, I'm going to declare it, and I'm going to keep praising him every day. I'm going to keep praising him every day. I'm calling things that be not as though they were day by day. With the natural eye, I don't see it, but guess what? Because I see it, I say it, and because I see it and say it, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see what? What I saw and said is what I'm going to see. You may not see it when I say it, but I saw it before I said it. Therefore, we are both going to see it in the natural, but I already see it. I'm persuaded. That's why I said it because I believe. Therefore, have I spoken? I didn't speak to convince you. I spoke to evidence what I believe. In evidence, faith is the evidence. Faith is the substance. In my faith, shall cause the manifestation of what I already know I got. When a woman is pregnant, even before ultrasound, she knew she was pregnant. You can call it a tumor if you wanted to. But nine months later, evidence was going to show up. I remember back in the day when I was a little boy before ultrasound when a woman would get pregnant the midwife would know what she was going to have. Oh, she's going to have a boy. And sure enough, here come a boy nine months later. How did they know? I don't know. But they knew. Sometimes you just know. There's no physical evidence, but you know that you know that you know that Hagen said one time he listened to a man talk about how he knew he was saved. And he said if, if, if a whole army stood on this side and said I'm going to beat you until you say you're not saved, they have to beat me to death because I'm going to keep saying I'm saved. And dad said I took that attitude where my healing was concerned. He said before I saw anything, before I ever walked, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was healed. He said you could have beat me to death and I wouldn't have changed it. I'd have kept saying I'm healed. See, you, now you can't do that just because he did it. You got to do that because you got a revelation, because you got something in your gut. We are created to function according to our inner image. That's why every word of God, Hebrew, now you know like Egyptians had hieroglyphics. Egyptians, amen, we were in Egypt. Israel was in Egypt for a while, but Egypt's in Hebrew, Hebraic language has a pictograph. Every word has a picture with it. Just like in English, if I say cat, you don't see C-A-T. No, you see Fluffy. You see that little four-legged critter on your couch. If I say dog, you don't see D-O-G. You see the rock wild, or the, the child, whatever you got, the pool. What, why? You see an image. Why? Because they taught you how to read. See, spot, run. You saw the dog before you understood that that, was, oh, those, those, that, that spot. No, that dog was spot to you. So when God speaks a word, he speaks an image. And you begin to function according to that inner image. That's why it is so detrimental to fill your mind with trash off of television, with trash off of YouTube, with trash from Netflix. Because that vision is visualized. That's why it's so detrimental for you to sit up and watch what they call the stories, the soap operas, the days of our lives. As my stomach, I mean, as the, day, as the, as the world turns, you're you watching all this foolishness and everything they do. If your husband does something remotely, I know what you've been doing. What? I had to work overtime, and I stopped by and got this for you. You said you wanted it, but I got off work late, but I was able to, uh, oh. You don't apologize. Well, I just know most, most men. I ain't, you didn't marry most men. Hello. You don't even know most men. You've been watching the soap opera. Got your mind full of foolishness, and now it's wrecking your home. 
Your godly home is infiltrated by this ungodly attitude that you picked up from day after day after day after day after day after day after week after month after year. And you and your girlfriends on there talking about Luke and Laura, whoever on there now. Why? Because you are not a word person. You are not a person that gets in that word. When the man of God gets through teaching, and you can go back, and you don't even have to buy the CD now with most pastors. You just go, go, go back to Facebook and watch it over and over. We don't do that. Um, we better move on. Watch what this. God said he's going to avenge them speedily. Speedily. But look what he asked. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? This was not praying and praying and praying until you worry somebody down. This was faith. Believing and being consistent. God told me this. He said, you know why you don't have your harvest on the seeds that you sowed in the 80s? I said, no. He said, because you took the force of your faith off of that harvest and put it on the seeds you sowed in the 90s, and then you moved it to the seeds you sowed in the 20th century. He said, you got to keep the force of your faith on every seed sown. He said, the seeds that have been in the ground the longest could produce. He said, but when you take the force of your faith off, I got nothing to work with. He said, when you take your words out the equation, the angels don't know what to do. You got to be consistent. You got to constantly call those things that be not as though they were. That's why we when Leroy Thompson said, money, come up to me now, it was because God dropped a fresh word in him, and he spoke it from a fresh revelation, but he continued and he continued. He continued to preach it. He wrote a book on money, come up to him. Then he turned around and wrote a book on money with a mission. See, you got to understand, it grew in him to the point to where it had to manifest. Luke chapter 11. I'm trying to get you to understand something, saints. When we become consistent, effectually fervent, white-heated, righteously indignant, does it upset you when trash happens in your city? I used to say, boy, it's a shame. This city going to the dogs. Huh? Baby, get the map. We, need, we might need to move. Let's, do some, let's check out some demographics. Let's see what's the best place to raise children. The best place to raise children is in the place God called you to worship. If your church is in DeSoto and Pastor Philip Steele is your pastor, ain't no better place to raise children. You got to understand because you bring the culture. You got to realize it. if you living in Missouri and Pastor Stewart and, and Dr. Sarita are your pastors, you ain't got to move to Chicago to do better. Just stay where you plant. You'll blossom where you're planted if you will take heed to what's in the house. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Most of us don't know what we call to do. We're trying to do what the other guy doing. Luke 11, verse 5. Now, Luke 11, uh, this is what Jesus was praying, and one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Here's a man that walked on the water, raised the dead, opened blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears, cast out demons by the legion, and they said, teach us to pray. Something about his prayer, his time alone with God alone, was more intriguing than walking on the water, raising the dead, multiplying fish and loaves. And folks today said, teach me how to grow our short legs. They don't want to know how to pray. They want a visible sign so they can go merchandise it. So they can get acknowledged. Ooh, that boy right there, man. He, he, he make the long leg bag up or the short leg grow out. I tell you, he got some kind of ministry. Does he have any kind of character? Verse 5. He said unto them, which of you having a friend shall go unto him? Go to your friend at midnight. I better be your friend. You're knocking on my door at midnight. <laughs> and saying to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine that I don't even know, but it's your friend, but because I'm your friend, you come to me, and me as your friend is supposed to help you sustain your other friend. On his journey, it's come to me, and I have nothing to set before him, and he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. 
the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise. Notice the man said, I cannot. The parable said he will not. Some of us can do what we're not doing. We just don't will to. Mm-hmm. That's okay. He will rise and give him as many as he needed. But I want you to notice that it wasn't just based on the relationship. We tend to think God going to do a lot of stuff just because we say. No. You have not because you. We've got to understand we have a part to play. Yes, my, in re, my relationship entitles me to everything. I'm an heir of God. I'm going to join that with Jesus Christ. But remember the other brother? Now, did, did not the Bible say when he called them in, he gave both of them their inheritance? The other brother had his stuff. The prodigal that we call, the younger brother had his stuff and left the house. The other brother got all his stuff still in the house, keeps working for his daddy. Look like he's being honorable. But then when the son comes back, he don't even call him his brother. He said, this your son. And he didn't even go where he went. And there was no internet. But he telling him what the boy been doing. How you know what he been doing in another land? Somebody sent you a carrier pigeon with a note on his ankle and told you what he was doing? No, judgmental. Then he told his father, you have never given me a kid, liar. I gave you your whole inheritance, plus everything I got is yours. You never asked for a kid. You see what I'm saying? This is a friend. The relationship is here, but I got to go ask. And the Bible said for his importunity or for his boldness. How do we come to the throne of grace? boldly because of his boldness to come knock on the door at midnight and ask and not take no for an answer he gonna rise and give him what he needs. you have not cause you ask not ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and it shall be open God is trying to bring us to a place where we receive everything that he has for us but we have come to a place where we draw back and we you know well Lord maybe maybe what if God says it, then we read the scripture that said that we have anything according to his will. He hears us. And if we know he hears us, he's going to give us a petition. We, we got to go back and regroup, re-meditate, re-search our covenant and find out what really belongs to me and how bad do you want it. Because when we begin to understand, okay, the problem is never, say never, never. on God's end. It's always something I'm not seeing or something I'm not doing or something that I'm doing and I'm not doing it consistently enough, but it's never going to be on God's end. I remember I was crying out to God and I was telling God, Lord, I'm doing all I know how to do. And God spoke to me one day and he said, I was praying that prayer and talking to God because I'm thinking I'm pushing him into something. See? And he says, turn the television on. I said, devil is like, I'm praying. I ain't turning on the television. I go back to praying. And God said, you call me a devil, but turn the television on. I said, like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I turned the television on, and you know how TV then had to clear up for me. As soon as the television got clear, Gloria Copeland was standing behind the pulpit doing healing school. She leans over the pulpit and says, somebody's out there praying, Lord, I'm doing all I know how to do. Your problem is you don't know enough. Now, wait, wait, wait. That's pre-recorded. But you see how awesome the Holy Ghost is? She says, somebody's out there. I was out there. And the Holy Ghost said, turn the television on now. And she stuck that little skinny finger in my face and said, you don't know 
show enough. I just turned it back off because I got my, I, I don't need to hear the rest of the message. The message is, I don't know enough, so get back in there and learn some more. But see, we don't want to hear that. We want to say, well, you're a good little trooper, so I'm going to bless you anyway. No, God's not a crutch. He's not going to disable you and enable. He's going to bring you to the place where you are endowed with knowledge so you can go help somebody else who's in the same dilemma. We got to get effectual. We got to become fervent. Come on.